make every day electrifying. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Energize One. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm once again joined with my friend and collaboration effort, uh, Steve. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Well, welcome back to Energize One. Uh, I'm excited to talk more about these next topics. It's, it's always exciting when there's new uh, EV unveils. Yeah, now it's time to talk about the future, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is always a fun topic. <laughs> So to start, just because today is a big day, and uh, just for those who are listening, today is November 17th, 2019, and uh, Ford is going to be unveiling their Mustang Mach-E, Mustang-inspired SUV all-electric vehicle. That was a mouthful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That was a lot. A lot of yeah. branding in that to yeah. squeeze in. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I have to take a deep breath after that. Um, but uh, yeah, they're unveiling their uh, their first all-electric Mustang-inspired SUV tonight. I believe, was it 6 p.m. Pacific time? Um, you know, I don't know. I know I... it was in the evening and my kids will be in bed. That's the most important oh, yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's probably going to be around 9 p.m. our time or Eastern time. Um so yeah, that, yeah. Then that more than likely that's probably gonna be around six p.m. Pacific time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so the the Mustang Mach E is an all electric SUV that is Mustang inspired and performance oriented. Um, you know, there's been some leaks that have been unveiled. Uh, Ford's apparently published a secret website that someone found and took screenshots and. You know, it's all over the internet now. Um, but they are planning on having a big unveiling tonight. Um, so Steve, what are some of your hopes and fears and like first impressions of this car? Um, so, I mean, it, my, my fears before the specs were released was that they wouldn't make the, um, you know, the kind of range they were talking about. Um, I'm glad they're pushing with, uh, performance and, uh, you know, the Mustang brand, because I think that's important to win people over who aren't, you know, either obsessed with Tesla or, you know, um, think EVs are basically, you know, eco warrior kind of vehicles um so i'm glad they're going with that branding but um i i have thought maybe 300 miles would be pretty optimistic just on the back of you know performance car evs like the the ipace jaguar ipace yeah. and audi e-tron you know obviously performing well but the range and efficiency are are not good those are thirsty electric vehicles um so i you know i had some doubts whether ford would uh, would reach that but um from the sound of the the specs and actually quoting you know epa um verified ranges it sounds like we're going to get 280 maybe 300 miles um you know average um on a charge which is is very impressive for you know a company which has its evs out there but they're very limited uh, you know versions of uh you know existing gas models um so if they actually achieve that i'll be very impressed um Definitely. In terms of fears, uh, I guess you know it, it's it's always a concern that a, a manufacturer doesn't actually want an existing legacy manufacturer. It doesn't want to sell its you know EVs. It you know I think some of them have uh, have gone above and beyond. There have been some good adverts out there for for the Audi e-tron that kind of thing. And you're hearteningly you're saying you're seeing more of them. So that that sounds like a positive. Um, but if you look at Hyundai Kia, you know, they've they've released some really capable electric vehicles this year and they're still only available in, you know, a handful of states. They're not yeah. selling in great numbers. There are limited quantities, wait lists in a lot of places. And it's just, you know, that's very disappointing to see um, when you have such, you know, there's a lot of advertising going on for the gas and uh, plug-in hybrid equivalents. 
Um, so there's you know a potential that Ford could have trouble either you know marketing it themselves as a manufacturer, you know national international brand, or um, you know potentially also dealerships, you know not wanting to sell it for you know legacy reasons and worrying about maintenance and not having people coming back that kind of thing. Um, but I think that's all in the future, and it doesn't really. You know, I don't want to detract from the excitement. I like the fact that, you know, this is stoking up interest outside the Tesla bubble, getting people, you know, who wouldn't normally cover electric vehicles into, uh, you know, covering them in a way that is performance focused and not, oh, this is another car you have to drive, you know. Um, Definitely. To, to Definitely. save the planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. You know, I... I definitely can relate to some of the concerns and, you know, first impressions, you know, obviously the biggest um, fear factor for me is that dealerships won't push the vehicle, you know, maybe they'll only order one or two every few months. Uh, You know, they won't have them on hand for customers who are looking for them Um, or they kind of, this is going to be a bad pun, but might steer them in a different direction, you know, towards Mm -hmm. a, a gas powered car, you know, like even a hybrid. Um, so for, for me, I think like you mentioned, like the legacy automakers, especially how the dealership setup is that, that to me is a concern. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping now that Ford is moving towards, you know, more of an electric future, uh, especially with investing in Rivian, um, that, that, that is going to kind of, um, push more onto their dealerships. I know a lot of the dealerships in like the Cleveland Akron area have EV chargers available, um, I've seen, you know, a ton of C-Max energies, uh, Ford Fusion energies, um, you know, like the, the Focus Electrics. I've seen, I've seen a lot of those. So I'm hoping that the dealerships start pushing those. Um, but but that's, that is a big concern of mine that they won't be. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. The, you know, I, I think the fact that at least you, you can always follow the money and there's, there's definitely a concerted campaign here. Um, going on to sell this this car you know it started when the model y was revealed yeah um, back in spring and you know the very first thing that ford tweeted out was the silhouette you know that a lot of people have probably seen um for the the back of what is now the Mackie. so it's you know they they know that they're positioning this vehicle against something that is potentially going to eat their lunch with the tesla model y definitely um, i think it's a good move you know it's yeah, just oh, hard yeah. to see them going for that and wanting to push it, not just kind of hiding it away at the back of some auto show. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And, you know, that was my first impression when I first saw the leaks uh, the other day, uh, especially some of the specs that were unveiled. Um, I think the the top trim, the GT, if if I remember if that's the top trim, it was like zero to 60 in like three and a half seconds. So, you know, especially where they're price pointing, you know, the vehicle like to start at under 44,000, it it literally falls in line with the Model Y with with every spec that we've learned about the Model Y. The Mach-E is almost a lateral competition, like, you know, a competitor against the Model Y. So right. and they're going to have that full tax credit, you know. That I don't, I don't yeah. have the number of sales on the C Max and the Fusion and those. Uh, there are other models, but it's not going to be, you know, much beyond no. the double, you know, the five figure mark. So they're going to have a lot of latitude to uh, to grow into that um, full seventy five hundred dollar tax credit plus the state incentives and mm-hmm. everything else that comes with it. Exactly, um, there's yeah. going to be a lot, lot to sell it with. Definitely. Definitely. So, Steve, let me let me ask you your opinion on this, because I've seen online there's been a lot of hate, especially from like the Mustang fanatics, you know, Mm -hmm. with this being a part of like the Mustang family. 
what how do you feel about something like that like does it bother you that it has the mustang name at all no i mean i think that's the, to me you know i'm in the marketing world that's my my kind of uh, daily you know bread and butter to feed my family yeah. so it, it makes sense to me and i'm like i said a couple of times you know i'm glad that they're going with the performance aspect and focusing on that because i think that's what's going to sell it to a new new generation um you know, I don't really, I didn't grow up in the States, so I don't have the heritage of muscle cars and, you know, Ford Mustang um, wasn't, you know, a common thing on the, the roads where I grew up. But, um, you know, it's still, it's obviously an iconic vehicle and, you know, we saw it in movies over in the UK and, um, you know, it, it has that kind of place in there, for want of a better word, stable, but, you yeah, know, it's, it, it is what it is. I think they've made the decision. There's going to be pushback, you know, it's, it's always going to be... yeah. Um, a battle between you know traditional petrol heads if you like um and uh you know the the latest technology that's it but that's where it's going there's no there's no getting away from that um, yeah. and i think yeah. that the biggest grievance if anything for people is that this is you know putting what is a muscle car and uh, an iconic vehicle into what will probably be quite attractive to a lot of families you know i have oh, two yeah. kids oh, yeah. you know we're, we're four people and a dog that kind of thing on road trips um and this is you know blending some very compelling worlds for me because you know you have that that kind of sports car heritage and performance focus but in something that will actually be practical and useful um, but that's that speaks more to the fact that you know electric vehicles are so much more capable of delivering great performance you know that that's why they can do this yeah, exactly I mean, they have the instant talk they have the the rapid speeds um and it can go into a vehicle that will handle well because the battery is giving it a low center of gravity and you know delivering power straight away so i don't see it as a downside i just think it's an adjustment and whenever you you know it's that old thing of change is great you go first yeah you know, <laughs> yes they've got to have somebody else you know tesla's done it they've showed them the way and now you know ford is sensibly tracking onto that and will probably win over a whole new generation of fans um and if they have to leave a few you know petrol heads behind well so be it exactly yeah yeah i i think it's going to take a, you know adaptation you know adapting to the new norm in in a way and you know i the, the one thing i wanted to to mention one of my hopes is is that since ford invested in rivian we're going to see some of the technology from rivian in the mach e in some way, um, you know, seeing how capable their Rivian's vehicles are, I'm hoping that that kind of plays into this all-wheel drive system that they've yeah. managed to not not necessarily make like an off-roader, but something with the performance. Uh, I'm curious to know where they're going to get their battery packs and motors from. Like if they're going to develop them or are they going to use Rivian's technology? Yeah, we haven't heard a lot in terms of, I mean, the specs are great and the, uh, you know, the EPA range is there. So that's that's heartening. Um, the we haven't heard a lot about how much you know the battery capacity um, there's nothing in terms of kilowatt hours uh, a little bit in terms of fast charging you know getting up to probably 130 150 kilowatts but not not much else in terms of pack capacity or you know power in terms of kilowatts so that's um that's something that will hopefully become clear pretty soon but um yeah there's the, the battery side of it is going to be a big thing because you know they need to be able to produce these things hopefully on mass and uh, at volume so we'll see see a bit more i don't think they'll give too much away on that side but no. uh, you know yeah. there's be some yeah. digging being done now and uh, they're obviously not that great at keeping their information under wraps so we yeah. See it <laughs> yeah i i just feel like nowadays you really can't keep anything private you know someone's going to find it eventually <laughs> yeah yeah you know it, it's actually... the biggest 
thing for me is surprising was how long Rivian managed to stay in stealth mode. So, oh, you know, yeah. no, I, very, very carefully kept secret and nobody was even looking for them until they yeah. they came out and launched. So, yeah, um, yeah. Ford is not going to be able to escape that scrutiny. No, they're not. They're not. And actually, I found out today that I think that where someone found the leak is that they typed in a URL that, um, that Ford had um, made, but they didn't publish yet. And it had something directly related to the Mach E. So whoever whoever guessed that link got it pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah. That that's how that's how that information leaked. Yeah, I'm um, sure there's professional, you know, full time jobs based on this now where you just start yeah, right. <laughs> dig out anything, find spy shots, find, you know, vehicle testing, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah makes sense definitely definitely well you know what why don't we jump into our next uh topic uh the tesla Cybertruck, uh yep. that is going to be unveiled on november 21st so next thursday um what are what are your hopes for this honestly i don't even really know what to expect yeah i um i mean you know I, i'd be definitely interested in hearing your your take on this having the the tesla background that you do you know i yeah. i am a a distant supporter of Tesla, you know, I appreciate everything they're doing and always want to push them forward. But um, I'm not inside the bubble, and I kind of have a almost a, a desire to stay out of it, just so I have some, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, some yeah, view from the outside, a different perspective. But I mean, it's anything they do is obviously, you know, crucial to the the EV world. Um, my my general feeling is that I mean obviously trucks are the one of the biggest selling segments in North America, so this is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think the Rivian R1T is going to convert you know most of the truck buyers in the states purely because of its you know it's more positioned to an adventure brand and a um I just think it's a different crowd and more affluent set than uh, than a lot of people that are buying regular trucks. Yeah, you know Ford F150s, and I, I think I fear the same for the um, the Cybertruck. I think you know from everything he's said, Elon, um, it's going to be very polarizing. Yeah, um, and I think it may be in danger of catering to exactly the same people who already love Tesla. You know, people who have a, a an S and a three and a, an X or who have had them all are probably going to buy this, and it's going to have its place. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's only a gut feeling because we we really you know we know there are a thousand renderings out there and probably none of them are accurate. Yeah, <laughs> you know just the fact that his it's it sounds like it's a passion project for Elon, which is awesome because it means he's behind it. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be very you know futuristic. He's mentioned Blade Runner, which is you know that's my bag. That's mo- kind of movies that I love, but yeah. you know I don't think that's a, a vehicle or a truck that's going to cross over into. No, that's not the electric truck that uh, you know I, that we're looking for I, in terms of mainstream appeal to me. So that that's my agree. my fear in one sense, but I also don't think it needs to be. You know, I do think as we've talked about Ford already, you know, they are probably going to be between them and if GM gets off its backside and actually, you know, tells us anything about you know what it has planned for the truck and heavy duty market um, in terms of electrification, then those will be the manufacturers that you know, alongside Rivian and, uh, you know, moving beyond the R1T, whatever they have in store, those will be the kind of brands that are going to deliver heavy duty, you know, performance trucks that probably start to move the needle. Um, I think the Cybertruck is going to be amazing and very helpful, but not in the the mainstream marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. Um, it, it's actually kind of funny because I used to be 
like a Tesla fanboy, obviously, you know, having two Tesla tattoos, I, mm-hmm. um, I, I really kind of drank the Kool-Aid, <laughs> you know, to, to say the least, uh, permanently, if you want to say, um, but I, you know, like, like you mentioned, you know, like I definitely give uh, Tesla credit for pushing the industry towards electrification and, you know, moving it in that direction uh, with, with the Cybertruck, I, I think for me, ever since the Model 3 prototype unveiling back in March of 2016, it the the launches have kind of been, I'm trying to think of like the right word to say, uh, just, you know, to be blunt, they just haven't been as exciting to me as I've been hoping. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, the Model 3 kind of revolutionized the entry-level electric vehicle segment, um, you know, the capabilities that it came with. Uh, you know, like what you can get for that price point, it, it, it really, you know, changed the whole segment. Um, but, you know, like as like the Tesla uh, semi, you know, was unveiled and then the Roadster, which actually the Roadster excited me. But the Model Y, you know, I was I was really hoping for something different versus uh, kind of a, uh, you know, like a uh, bulging Model 3. <laughs> Uh, for lack of better terms, it's it's it's. I'm glad you said that because it's it's. Although I do think it will be a massive vehicle for them, I think yes. you could see. I watched you know the the reveal live, like a lot of us did, and uh, I don't think Elon was that excited about it. No, you know, it, it 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 seemed very that uh, three three quarters of that presentation was on Tesla's history, yeah, and where they've come from and where they're going. Um, and then it was like, oh, here's the Model Y, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, you totally um, agree. There's some, it's, there's something to that because it is essentially, you know, 75% the the Model Three, you know, raised up and given uh, some family cred, and yeah. you know, it's going to be on my shortlist. I, I I'm very, you know, into it as a possible vehicle for for our family next year, but I don't think it was Elon's, you know first choice i think they probably made the case to him that look this is fairly easy to make we can you know extend the model 3 production lines to very similar um you know production and make a vehicle that will sell to many millions of people even more than the model 3 yeah and he probably just signed it off and went back to looking at you know the cyber truck yeah no i i I totally agree because you know the the model y was supposed to have the the falcon wing doors you know like originally that was elon's plan it was supposed to be a totally different vehicle that wasn't based on the Model 3 platform. And I I remember uh, probably one of their board members, you know, clarified that, you know, in order to survive, they will need to build a vehicle on an existing platform. And which, you know, makes sense. And I'm really glad that Tesla is thriving. Um, You know, I I still take a lot of pride in, you know, being a previous employee of the, the company. I... It, it just seems like the launches and the reveals have just been so boring. It, that's just in my opinion. Uh, you know, like the the Model Three delivery launch. Um, it, you know, when they were delivering vehicles to first time customers or you know, like the first reservation holders, mm-hmm. it, it was like you said. You know, here's Tesla's history where they're going. Here's the cars. Okay, end of live stream. So I'm really genuinely hoping that the Cybertruck since Elon has had such a hand in, you know, this development, it's bigger than anything that they've shown before. Um, I, I don't know what to expect that that's my fear is that I really want it to look like the rendering that makes it look like a very rugged off-roading looking truck versus just Mm -hmm. a pickup model (laughs) three. Which I'm hoping that if it is Blade Runner influenced, it will be, but 
knowing Tesla's previous streamlined design, um, and and I'm I'm curious to know if Franz von Halsen, I think I'm saying his name right, um, had anything to do with this because if he did, it's not going to be as exciting as I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, I wonder it probably has been a, a. I bet there's been some heated debates as recently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah between Elon designing, you know, a vehicle that's capable of off-roading on mars and you know yeah someone else saying, no, let's keep it this is our brand aesthetic let's uh let's take it you know aerodynamic beautiful yeah. lines and this kind of stuff because nothing in their current lineup looks anything like a truck no so, <laughs> no interesting to see what they edge towards yeah that, that's why i'm kind of hoping that franz didn't have a hand in this development like he has made beautiful vehicles like the model s is definitely one of my all-time favorite cars I, I'm just hoping that it takes Tesla in a new direction for the next generation of their vehicles, because right now, you know, it, it's I, I'm happy to see so many Model 3s on the road. But when I see like the the refreshed Model S, you know, that's the car that's coming up on being out for seven, eight years now. And there's no change to it, you know, since 2016. So I'm really hoping that the push with the Cybertruck pushes the other vehicles to a new design language. Um, that's my hope, uh, you know, is that it looks aesthetically different than everything they've made before. Yeah, and that that world, you know, the world of trucks, again, not, not being anything like an expert in that because they just don't really exist in Europe in yeah. any meaningful <laughs> uh, sense. Um, you know, it's it's always big, you know, brutal, the, the, you know, the, no truck that looks like a conventional Tesla as we know it right now will sell other than to Tesla fans who already, you know, just want to buy everything they have. Yeah, um, exactly. So it needs to take another, uh, you know, a left turn in some ways and just kind of cut across what, you know, they've done so far. Um, and I do, I do think they will do that. We'll know, you know, sooner rather than later, but I just don't think they'll go half, half, you know, baked here. I think it will be fully an Elon project. They might not produce it in the kind of numbers that, you know, investors want to see, but yeah. I do think it will be an important project in the same way that, you know, maybe not quite the Y, but uh, sorry, the Model X, you know, those gullwing doors are kind of iconic. And obviously now, you know, looking back, he said, these are a production pain in the ass. Nobody yeah. wants to, you know, <laughs> deal yeah. with these on, on an ongoing basis in terms of maintenance. But, you know, as a branding and marketing tool, they've been huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're easily recognizable. This is the next version of that. You know, it may not sell in the anywhere near the um even rivian you know it might not be in that class but yeah it will be something that is uniquely tesla i hope and you know takes them in a gives them another string to their you know arsenal definitely definitely and you know i i think the reason why i'm specifically so hard on tesla uh you know i i believe in everything that they're doing you know like i said i i drank the kool-aid and i think that that's why i'm so tough on their products is because I really want to see them come out with something that just, this is going to be a bad pun, you know, shocks everybody. Like, this is, wow, this is the new Tesla. This is where they're going, yeah. you know, versus focus on, like, uh, self-driving and, you know, the, the technology. I, I think that they really need a product that they put out there. And the moment you see one on the road, you know that that's the next generation Tesla. Um yeah. So I'm I'm really really hoping that the Cybertruck is that that change to their other products. Welcome back, guys. I 
you know, for this next portion of the episode, we're going to be talking about the 2020 Chevy Bolt EV and as well as the top five electric vehicles that are coming out next year. Um, so, you know, we'll start with the Bolt. Obviously, you know, we I'm sure we both kind of are interested to see where they're going to be taking this next generation. Uh, well, I guess the next uh, model year uh, in terms of the Bolt. Um, what what were some of your expectations and have you been let down with this next with this next bolt um so i'll do a disclaimer before i start because it will sound very moany otherwise yeah <laughs> i love this car <laughs> the, the bolt ev has been you know a pivotal kind of vehicle to get you know hundreds of thousands of people into electric vehicles and get you know the non-tesla crowd i think there's plenty of people who don't want tesla mm-hmm. um to get them into electric vehicles so there is no no animosity for me against this car. Yeah. Um, it more f- I think it's perfectly capable. It can do, you know, as our channels show that, you know, it's got pretty much everything covered. It does what it does exceptionally well. Um, so it really falls at GM's door to to keep improving it, really, right? This is a 20, 2016 released vehicle. Um, and, uh, you know, probably that means 2014 design, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a middle generation ev and um you know it's coming into its fourth model year with the 2020 um and we people have wanted you know there's been a laundry list of things that people want from um faster dc charging um greater range obviously is always one um more comfortable seats nicer interior alternate uh you know adaptive cruise control a bunch of different things you know some of which are minor gripes and others which you know do change the very use case of the vehicle um so for me you know driving uh, longer distances as we do on on fairly regular trips to you know out your way in ohio up to canada for family vacations that kind of thing um you know faster charging is definitely top of the list um you know maxing it maxes out at 55 kilowatts at the moment and that's pretty hard to achieve in general even on electrify america stations um it the the tapers are at 50 percent and 65 67 percent it's very aggressively cut back so you really don't even see the maximum um you know that for that long uh and it's you know the 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 future of you know stations like electrify america are on 150 and 350 kilowatt charging you know and you're probably going to pay a premium for that you know higher level but a lot of the vehicles now are getting towards you know three figure charging rates in terms of kilowatts and a lot of the next generation um the ones that we've talked about earlier in this uh, podcast you know are going to be well above 100 so it um it needs to be faster um and i don't think they really have achieved that by the sound of it we're waiting real world tests but uh, i don't think you know it's gonna we're gonna see anything that's uh, much better in the charging profile or the maximum charging speed um yeah you know the range bump was great that's you know 10 9 10 percent whatever it ended up being was is good to see they're working on uh, battery you know chemistry and improvements there and i think that the fact that they've made improvements and have a full refresh by the sound of it coming in 2021 is positive but um you know the, the very small kind of nod job to just get ahead of the kona electric and the nero ev um i don't think it's quite enough given what's coming down the pipe next year i i totally i totally agree yeah it, it, for for me you know like you mentioned 
earlier, the Bolt is a very capable vehicle for what it is. And I have been just left, you know, totally impressed with the car, especially in the colder temperatures. It's just how efficient it is and how much fun it is to drive. And that that's where I was kind of let down a little bit with the 2020 Bolt is that I was kind of hoping for a little bit of a change in terms of, you know, like the interior. Uh, for, for me, the interior doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, I know for a lot of people, the chair or the seats is a big complaint factor for a lot of owners. Um, you know, we have an LT trim, so we have the cloth and I think it's very durable. You know, like it's a nice canvas material. The seats are comfortable. Um, you know, when we took it on the trip to Detroit uh, a few weeks ago, I did notice after a few hours, it does become a little uncomfortable. But, you know, for trips to work and back and, you know, to grocery stores and stuff, it's perfectly fine. Um but I, I was kind of hoping to see a little bit of a difference in the interior, you know, maybe something with like different trim materials um, for the dashboard, maybe something with a, a slightly bigger screen, even though I think the, you know, the touch screen uh, there, the infotainment screen is, is a good size. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not a Tesla size, which is actually, in my opinion, a good thing. Um, but it, it, it is, it's nice, but I, I think for me, the 2020, I think, uh, specifically since it is such a um, iconic year, you know, just in terms of the, you know, the title, the name, whatever you want to call 2020, it, it just, it to me, it, it screams innovation, just, you know, saying 2020. Um, yeah. So I was kind of hoping for something different. Um, I will say, though, I am pretty happy with the color choices they're coming out with, um, mm-hmm. especially the, I think it's Ocean Blue. Yeah, the uh, the kind of the more vibrant blue. Yes, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of the the Polestar blue that Volvo used to put on their vehicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, actually, my my husband's kind of upset we didn't wait for that because he loves that <laughs> blue. <laughs> um, I had no idea it was coming out. You know, a week after we got our, you can probably implicate uh, him with uh, it will be much more expensive because yes. <laughs> they're going to use the increased range as leverage. So exactly, you pay several thousand dollars for a pretty color. Then <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know when you could just wrap it. You know, for that yeah. amount that you'd be putting towards that new car. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I'm excited to see the new colors in person, but I'm hoping the 2021 bolts are, you know, an overhaul. I think it would be good for the the model if it gets that. Yeah, a lot of it feels like, um, you know, it, it like they did what they could. They pulled a bunch of things together with HD cameras, different colors, slightly better battery chemistry, mm-hmm. knowing that 2021 was going to be the big mid-cycle refresh but that they needed to do something i mean that the range now at 259 is no um no accident you know that's just one mile ahead of the hyundai kona electric so (laughs) it gives them another six to nine months of saying you know leading class in affordable you know long-range evs so everything about it feels like a you know do the as much as we can without changing anything you know because the battery pack's no different in terms of size and um you know, just the chemistry has changed slightly. There's nothing in, in the car itself other than the cameras that is uh, an, an upgrade. So, I mean, it's good to see them moving forward and they obviously have some plans for the Bolt, you know, also with the Bolt EUV, you know, rumored to be coming out. Oh, yeah. Same, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think there's there are, there is pending news, but, you know, we operate in the kind of comparing to what's, you know, what's around right now. And there are a lot of vehicles coming out next year that are going to be, you know, pushing it to the very next wave of electric vehicles and the bolts going to feel even more dated 
yeah. until we get that news on the 2021. Definitely. De- you know, especially at that price point, you know, with like the Mach-E coming out, the Model Y, it it falls within that price point that kind of gets it lost in the mix of all the other EVs. So I, I think it would be good if the 2020 has something that really makes it stick out. Yeah, or they might have to pull this, you know, the Bolt EV might end up being the kind of entry-level electric vehicle because prices are coming down all the time. So, True. you know, this may just shift into a lower category of where they finally reduce the MSRP to closer to $30,000. And, you know, this becomes the the kind of most affordable and the the larger one starts to occupy that space where the Model Y and the, you know, the Mackie and those type of vehicles are going to live. Because it's really not, you know, on its as you get more models into the market and more competition, you know, the Bolt EV isn't a forty thousand dollar car. It was five years ago, but you know now it's going to struggle to to stand out, as you say. Yeah. So I think it needs to slowly shift, you know, without saying cut slash its value and fire sale. You know, it's uh, I think it's going to have to start moving into that twenty to thirty thousand dollar category and have you know new models, which hopefully are slated for GM, you know, soon. Um, fill that gap of uh you know thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping that, you know, we'll see cars in that category like the Nissan Leaf and the Bolt, you know, really start getting below that thirty thousand dollar line. Um because I think at that price point, then there'll be true um, you know, like competition for some of these other newer, you know, electric cars coming out. Um so especially with the range that they offer, I'm really I'm hoping. Um, you know, with with that being said, that's a good leeway into um, the top five EVs that are coming out in 2020. Um, I wasn't sure. Do you want to just kind of discuss your top five EVs that you're looking forward to? Um, yeah, I mean, we that's... can go. We can go both ways. I mean, I'll, I'll okay. lay them out now quickly, and maybe you can do yours, and then we'll just kind of we've talked some about some of them already, so it's probably not worth going into them in super detail, but. Um... Yeah, we can compare and contrast quickly and maybe focus on some of the ones we haven't talked about much. Yeah, yeah. yeah so for me, I mean, I, I noted these down quickly. A lot of them are, uh, you know, kind of influenced by um, you know, my family's choices and what we need in an electric vehicle, as we kind of covered earlier. Um, so a lot of them are the, the SUV kind of uh, styling or, you know, compact SUV. Um, so obviously the Tesla Model Y we've talked about, that's going to, you know, I think accelerate things for Tesla, even if Elon isn't, you know, super stoked on it, but, uh, it's going to be a big deal. Um, BW ID four, oh, yeah. um, ID three launched in, in the UK, um, uh, or in Europe and seems to have made a big splash. And I'm looking forward to what they, you know, have envisaged for the, uh, American market. I think the, you know, Volkswagen's making big moves and, uh, that's going to be an important vehicle. Um, the Rivian, uh, I actually think the R1S is more interesting to me, but I think in, just in terms of being a truck, um, the R1T is going to make a you know a big splash, and um, I don't think it's going to be the truck to convert people who are already driving like you know your Ford F150s. But I do think it's going to show people that that vehicle category is going to be you know super important to uh, electric vehicles going forward. Definitely. Um, and then I kind of flip flopped between. I wanted to put something that wasn't you know a uh, an SUV form factor on there. So um, I, I flip-flopped between the Volvo XC40 Recharge and the, um, the Polestar 2, but I think I'll give it to the Polestar 2 just because, you know, that's, um, that's more of a sedan form factor. And I think that's going to be a, in terms of Volvo's, you know, Halo brand, that's going to be what really pushes the needle in terms of uh, electric vehicles, performance, that kind of thing. 
definitely. We've already talked about the Ford Mackey, so I, I, again, that's going to be out next year. That'll be, you know, I assume a very important vehicle. Oh yeah, definitely. And and I just have to point out, at least in one episode or something, I'm recording. My dog has to bark, and uh, you know, we're getting so far into this that he wasn't barking, and now he does. <laughs> that's good. I'll make sure Ben's on the next one to uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to make himself known. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, when you were listing out, um, you know, the top five you're excited about for 2020, uh, you mentioned two that I'm really excited about. Uh, the Rivian R1S um, is a vehicle that I'm genuinely excited about. I don't know if I can afford one anytime soon. Um, but, you know, I, I've always been a fan of SUVs. I obviously hate their fuel economy and their efficiency. So to have a eight seater, I think it's an eight seater. It's either an eight or a seven seater, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, a full size electric SUV that can go over 400 miles on a full charge and is as capable as it is that piqued my interest Um, because you, you have everything that's good about an SUV and get rid of everything that's bad about it, (laughs) you know, and and make it into a very intriguing package. Um, The other one that uh, you mentioned is the Polestar two. I, my first car actually was a Volvo C30 and I've always loved the Volvo brand. Um, And, that they have this other entity, Polestar, going into uh, EVs. The Polestar okay. 2 intrigues me because it has that beautiful design style that Volvo's going towards, but it's a Polestar. You know, like it, it screams, it's a different vehicle, a different product. And uh, the, the fact that it's running a Google user interface intrigues me even more. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, they outsource that versus making it in-house. Um, and I like that. I, I think that it, it makes it a different vehicle from everything else that's on the road right now. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, the other, the, obviously, you know, the Mach-E, I'm very excited about. Uh, the Volvo XC40 re- uh, Recharge is another car uh, I'm excited about. I, I will say, though, that I am very hopeful, and this has not been confirmed that it will be out next year. But I'm really, really hoping that there is going to be a refreshed Model S and Model X mm-hmm. for 2020. Uh, you know, even if it's an interior overhaul, um, you know, with like a different screen setup and everything. Right. I'm just I'm hoping <laughs> that that we'll get something like that. Um, but, you know, those are those are really the EVs I'm excited about. But I will say my top one, I think, is the Rivian. Uh, I got mm-hmm. to go up to their design studio when I was in Detroit and um, we didn't see one. Uh, I was hoping we would have. Um, but it was just really cool to know that there's this this company that's coming out and, you know, kind of shaking up the, the electric vehicle market with these fully capable cars. Yeah, I think it's going to be good to have another, you know, all electric only brand in the market if it's um definitely no, but based in the u.s that's another um plus for us but so close to you that's awesome um but you know being in michigan being hopefully a little bit removed from the tech bubble i mean like tesla goes a bit far down that rabbit hole sometimes and you know it obviously has paid off for them so far but i think there's a you know a certain amount of you need to be a bit more you know everyday working man um, yeah when you're in the uh some of the the verticals that rivian is aiming for 
Um, and they're obviously going to start in the more affluent, wealthy, you know, sections. As you say, that's not a vehicle that's going to be on my driveway anytime soon. Either. Yeah. Um, that's going to require some saving. But, you know, it's uh, both of those, the R1S and the R1T, are coming into, um, you know, uh, categories that a lot of people will buy. You know, in the UK, we call um, those Land Rover things that the R1S looks like Chelsea oh, yeah. tractors because they're, yeah. you know, people never use them for off-roading. No, you know, no. the school run and putting that, uh, you know, noxious fumes in the kids' faces on the, the pickup. So it's just a, a ridiculous yeah. vehicle to use for that purpose. But, you know, as you say, the idea of something that is all electric, you know, performing that job of carrying, you know, seven to eight screaming kids around the world yeah. is uh, much more appealing or at least you know the exterior will be appealing i wouldn't want to be inside it but uh, yeah, yeah it's going to be a, a yeah. really important vehicle and i'm glad that they are another brand that's kind of looks to have a long-term future not just kind of a you know vaporware and you know there's real money behind that as you said with ford and amazon ordering yeah. you know it looks like an entire fleet of delivery vehicles that should keep them uh, going for a long time. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, Steve, the, I wanted to kind of break off from the top five really quick, just because another another thing I was thinking with Polestar is, you know, some of the Chinese automakers um, that mm-hmm. are trying to break into the, um, you know, auto industry or the market here in the U.S., I it's not confirmed that they will ever be here, but the um, the NEO line, the NIO, um, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm, I think it's pronounced NEO. I really genuinely hope that they bring their ES6 and their ES8 SUVs over here with their battery swapping technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for for some reason, I just I'm really fascinated with the, with the market in China, with where they're going with their electric vehicles and are their their startups um, producing these cars. But Neo is a lifestyle brand that they're really trying to create and establish over there, and I think that their design language and their product, um, you know, philosophy could really resonate with a lot of people here. Um, so I'm hoping that one day maybe we'll see their cars on the road. I, I'm not sure, but I'm hoping. No, that's interesting. I mean, it's yeah. uh, you know, there's a, a probably a lot of pushback to Chinese brands in general, just you know, because of the the stigma over yeah. the years. Um, but I think that's a, a solid point. You know, there's that that market is huge, and you can see GM, you know, introducing cars like the the Chevy Menlo EV over there, and only for them. You know, that's I, getting a lot of um, pushback in the U.S. I wish we were getting here? that <laughs> um, because you know, Chinese the Chinese market's huge, and they have oh, yeah. that kind of. Um, you know, interest in, in pushing that specifically because of, you know, pollution problems and you know, actually having, you know, still having a manufacturing sector that is pumping out, you know, noxious fumes and not wanting to add to that through transportation as well. Um, so that, you know, those brands have potential to do, do big things domestically. And then obviously they will start to set their sights on, you know, the US market, Europe, those kind of places. Yeah. Um, and I think that can only stoke competition. Um, I don't know much about them, you know, Neo, Byton, I know the names, but I really haven't seen a whole lot of, you know, end product as yet. But, you know, anything that uh, stokes competition and is an all electric manufacturer has to be a good thing. Definitely. Definitely. That, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> you know, that's really what I But I'm now thinking. that does give me some homework to go and review those vehicles. Yes. And, yeah. Because you know, I, really, yeah. I think I only know the names, but I really don't know what they look like. I, I really, the, the Biden is a, a really cool car. Um, I, I really think, you know, they have a 48 inch uh, display as the dashboard mm-hmm. and they have a touchscreen in the steering wheel. And uh, my, my husband specifically does not want me to consider that for a distraction reason. <laughs> um, but it, 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 the, you know, those cars, I really think just how 
forward they are with in terms of design and like the artificial intelligence they're incorporating could really push the legacy makers in the U.S. in a better direction, at least for innovation. I really think that it could help them, um, you know, with some healthy competition. Yeah, I don't want to uh, extend our run here, but that should be noted for a future topic. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> design and, you know, who's influencing what and the potential to do, you know, radically different things with electric vehicles internally yeah. and externally is definitely a uh, something we could spend another hour on, so I won't dive into it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, um, Steve, you know, thank you for, for joining us uh, today on Energized One. You know, I really appreciate our conversations and I hope that we can do more in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to like, you know, getting into town, doing some videos, maybe comparing, uh, you know, sounds like you have a, a different um, internal bolt than I do. So uh, that'd be good to compare and contrast and uh, get some ideas down. Yeah, definitely. 